freaking cradle of liberty. Look at you, you're a freak! What are we alive for except to grab all the kicks we can? To contaminate our society. Now being renovated. Uncle Nick. Podcasting live from the recent past in the Dogwater Studios, high above the Reno Arch in uh, beautiful northern Nevada, USA. It's the Worst Little Podcast, and I'm Nick Ramirez. And joining me is Cadillac Kemp and Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) And Dogwater Dick in the back. And we have my good friends from Irreplaceable Beings. On the Worst Little Podcast, we're talking out of our ass. And who would that be, Nick? Pierre and Jason. Oi. <laughs> Two of the badass drummers in fucking Reno. Wow. And while it's on my mind right off the bat, you guys were in marching band together? That's correct. Yep. That's fucking Dude. badass. Tell me about that. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, did you guys march in like for the How many years or? did you guys do it? And, and, and did you go on some crazy trips as a band? And... All of that, yeah. Like, so Jason and I met. I th- he came to Wooster as a freshman, and I think I was a sophomore at the time. Right. So, yeah, yeah, so older. So, um, and back when Wooster was Wooster. Wooster was Wooster. Right. Yeah. yeah, back then. <laughs> what does and, that mean? Well, it's not now. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of Wooster. And he was he he was already a good drummer and challenging me for the crown, <laughs> like right out of the gate. But um, I instantly liked him. I mean, he was a cool kid, and uh, he could ice hockey skate. That's right. Which I thought yeah. was so badass because no one that I knew could do that. And we actually, Meadowood Mall had a uh, yeah. hockey rink in it yep. back in the day. Awesome. Inside? It so yeah. long ago. Just, yeah. You played hockey? Uh, I Yes, I played hockey for a couple of years when I lived uh, on Long Island, actually. I never actually played hockey here. I kept skating, but um, I didn't. I don't think there was ever an actual... I think it was a league. Kids here. hockey league. No. There was like the no. Reno Aces, which was yeah, in the, late the 70s, semi-pro yeah. hockey team yeah. at Meadowood Mall. <laughs> yeah. But so I was in the, the cheap ass rental skates, ankles going all different directions. And he was like sliding around batting a Copenhagen can with his <laughs> like a hockey puck with Rad. his like badass skates. And I, I thought it was cool. I'm like that's yeah. wild. Did you guys like hang out? Were you guys friends in school or did that you become friends later? You know, in, life? in the band, like um, we were always friends in the band room. Like, you know what I mean? But outside of that, I don't think we did. Yeah, much. we kind of had separate, separate groups, separate circles that we hung out in. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, in high school, the age thing can even a year can be a, a big difference. Yeah. yeah. You know, who you hang out with and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, we were always brought back in twice a day for five days a week because we were both in um, marching band, but also jazz band in order to be in the jazz band, which is what every drummer wanted to do. Cause you got to play the drum set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just the marching yeah. snare. Uh, our band director made it like a requirement. You had to be in the marching band. So he, otherwise we wouldn't only be in jazz band because we mm-hmm. just wanted to play drum set. So we would end up inevitably with two classes uh, five days a week together just wow. drumming. And, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and, and you could see we were both getting better, you know, at our stuff. And so it was, there was like a challenge there. Um, and uh, we were, by the time I was a senior and he was a junior, we were like snare, the two snare drummers for Wooster. And, and our friends were playing the other instruments around us, you know, the Rad. drum line and stuff. But there wasn't, it wasn't very challenging 
um, as drummers uh, to be in the marching band because we didn't have like, you know, marching band in California, like the Concord Blue Devils and like those, yeah. those yeah. groups are like really intense drumming is really great. But yeah. here we had a band director that was really focused more on the brass, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't anyone really to instruct us. So I always tell people that like the problem with that was the and we got in trouble a lot. Jason and I got kicked out of uh, yes. high school band a couple times. Yeah, uh, we were and dicks. our parents had to go meet with the director to let us back in. But the th- when I look back on it, it was because we were just bored out of our minds because we would pick up the drum stuff pretty quickly because it's it's rudimentary compared to what we were doing at home. You know, just the because we didn't have this intense drum corps marching band, so we would learn our our stuff so fast, and then we had nothing to do but wait for the rest of the band Catch up. Know, to learn. So, what did you what you do to get in trouble? We beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, not yeah. angry, but we, we came up with we had this game where we'd throw a hacky sack from our shirts to to the other guy. We kind of bounce them off our shirts, mm-hmm. and if it hit you and you didn't bounce it back, if it fell. Then everybody else in the group got to punch you in the arms, legs, oh, and chest man. until you picked it up and could bounce 80s. it back. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. would end up just beating the hell out of each other. The thing with that game is that it it was developed because we got in trouble and we got kicked out of the actual band room into the little side practice rooms. Mm-hmm. And so we would be bored in there. Unsupervised. Um, and unsupervised and we would like cover up the window with paper and shit <laughs> and uh and so we were just 16 frustrated doing, yeah Aww. sure Pissing yeah vinegar, like nothing to do being so. punks and that's awesome so all kids are dumb into shit. no matter what decade yeah. they were born in all kids i are feel dumb. like all yeah. teachers are yeah. dumb all kids. <laughs> <laughs> we all do dumb shit yeah yeah well i mean the listeners you if you don't challenge kids they're gonna you know find their own form of entertainment so yeah mm-hmm. absolutely right and reno back then was like that there wasn't a whole lot for us to do so there's a lot of vandalism and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and if you drop the hacky sack we're all going to commit assault yep exactly because you yeah. guys didn't it's not go assault to if roller it's agreed kingdom. upon <laughs> it's, it's good clean fun <laughs> but you know go to roller kingdom. i went to roller kingdom all the time <laughs> i only went to roller kingdom to see rock on play yeah oh, oh, fucking a rock on played like on the side stage at sparks middle school when i was there they must time. have been doing the yeah. tour the school tour circuit because they played at wooster in our rally court, and uh, I remember there was a punk rock kid that was offended by the spandex and the long hair. <laughs> Not me, mind you. I was enamored with the spandex and the long hair. I thought, mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. That's Absolutely. rock and roll. Yeah, I they played it. at like the state fair and shit too. Rock On was, they oh, were, yeah. was they like were legit. the Reno band for a minute. They yeah. were rock and roll. I thought it was badass. It was the closest thing we had to, you know, to Van Halen in Rock On. Do you have that tape, Chewy? No, but I'm... I, I do. Love to find I, it. I got a friend that does. Yeah. Wait, really? Holy Street shit. Used to, there used to be a yep. whole bunch of them at Recycle Records in like their local tape section, but somebody yep. must have bought them out like I did with the with the uh, Mike Tyson and Tommy CDs. When they played our rally court and that punk rock kid didn't like them though, it was pretty funny. <laughs> he launched – he threw something up at the band and I remember Mark, the singer, didn't know what it was. So he reached for it like to catch it and he caught it and it was a bologna sandwich the kid had been eating. <laughs> and he dropped it so fast. I was like, oh, you little bastard. And like – that was pretty funny. <laughs> That's right. He caught it. Though. But I thought, man, that is protest right there. When yeah. you're willing to throw your lunch that you're actually enjoying yep. at a band, you really oh, don't like man. that band. Well, bologna. Right. Who actually yeah. But their guitar bologna. player, if you, if you, I don't know if you guys ever 
first you saw Rock I saw him. So, I saw him at, in middle school, and I saw him at the state fair in like '89. Yeah, and yeah. Harold Cook was was a legend. I mean, as, at least it was to me as a kid. Everybody looked up to that guy. He was a shredder. Yeah. I mean, total shredder. Yeah. Whatever so, happened? Yeah, to I that? think they probably played at Delmar all the Jason time. Jason ended up playing in Bam with Mark, right? Didn't you, you well, rock yeah, Boulevard. it was Rock Boulevard. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a rad name. Too. I was. <laughs> yeah, I was. I took in that for a couple of years, and then that kind of. Guys started to split off and do other things, but it was fun. It was glam. Yeah. It was rock. Yeah. What year was that? Oh, uh, God, I don't know. Early 90s. Okay. Like yeah, before Grunge took over and destroyed glam? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Is he still around, Harold? I don't know what happened to Harold. I, I, yeah. Harold, if you're listening. Mark and Mike. The, the brothers. The right? brothers. They're both still around. I think um, Mark is in L.A., but Mike is still in town. Wow, I still cool. see him every once in a while. Great dude. Still a killer bass player. Is he in a band, a local band or anything? I'm not sure. I don't think he is hmm. anymore. Well, if you're out yeah. there, hit us up. Rock on yeah. Union <laughs> show would be awesome, though. Uh, you, should probably, yeah, right. you should probably just go ahead and do a rock on podcast so you can get those guys. Yeah. Do You you know them, so maybe you could ask them. Maybe I can maybe hook I us up. Jason yeah. might have the in. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I heard that you can be their chaperone well, if you get there. Like, not who true. are these weirdos? I'll just go with <laughs> them. It's cool. <laughs> so, have you guys been playing together ever since, or what? Ever since the marching band days? No, no. Um, no. So, <laughs> uh, so after um, high school, I actually uh, joined the military, and I was gone for a couple of years. I was overseas, and then um, in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and Jason kept playing um, locally. Uh, and when I came back, uh, I was just lost musically. I mean, I knew I, I, had, um, I got out of the military and then I ended up, I lived in Berkeley for a while trying to get back into music. And then I lived in, um, a small town outside of Nashville, uh, Tennessee playing music with a buddy of mine. Um, and then I ended up coming back to Reno. And when I had, um, Jason was, was in a, uh, band. I don't know, it wasn't, I would have been slapped grandma the first time I came. It's impossible. When? What year was that? It had been like '95, I think. But you were—I think you were still with Mark, though. So it might have been after that, or I think it was after that. Well, uh, no, that's you gave me a slap grandma tape. That's right around that time. It was so funny. I met him at the because I hadn't seen Jason in years, and I'm like, ah, I ran into the wall, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm in this band called Slap Grandma, and he's like, he hands me this cassette tape, and he's like, that's just some easy shit. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I go, <laughs> now mind, I hadn't been like playing like all the time. I mean, I had, but I was in like a really simple kind of grunge band or whatever. So I assume Jason was still kind of like at my level. And he gives me this cassette tape. He's like, oh, it's just some easy shit. And I'm like, oh, right on. And I put it in my cassette or player in the car on the way home. And it's just blistering double bass, sick, like crazy technical <laughs> shit. I'm all, oh my God. Like, yeah. what is this? It was like, it was awesome. Well, that was a fun band um, at that time. Like, Pantera and all that kind of stuff and some Megadeth that was kind of like the influences of the band so it was you know, right right yeah. in that genre yeah. it was good I remember listening I was impressed I was like holy shit I gotta get back on my game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then through the years like uh, you know I ended up in um, Sucker Punch and uh, Jason ended up playing with uh, December mm-hmm. um, and uh, and those we, we played a couple shows together I think at a yeah. uh, skate jam and things like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Which so would we later become Jeb Jebs. 
That's what Stonies was. Or, or Stonies on Keystone. Yeah, this was the first yeah. Stonies. Oh, the first Stonies. It was giant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like yeah. right there by the train tracks, right? Yeah. yeah. They, they had really good shows there because they would put a metal band with a punk band. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really worry about they did some like, big genres. Weekend and, raves and stuff, yeah. you know, too. And, it was a pretty good little kids, venue. Kids loved it. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like the kids were just there for the metal bands or just there for the punk bands. I mean, the kids oh. were there to just hear music and have and hang fun. Hang out. Yeah. It was all yeah. ages. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. And cool. it was some of the most fun shows we ever played. Because, and it was cool to have the bands with such contrast, you know, because it was, you know, if you didn't like what you were listening to, wait, you know, 20 minutes. There'll be something completely different. Yeah. And it kind of appealed to everybody. And, you know, and if it's good, you know, people, you know, cross over and, and can appreciate it and stuff. So it was, yeah. it was really cool. I think Fall Silent was on that gig too. Yeah. Probably, yep. Yeah, they usually they tried to balance it. They get like a few punk and a few metal and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. those are always my favorite shows. You know, yeah, they're usually ragers Definitely. too. Yeah, yep. yeah, because yeah. everybody there wasn't that many things to do in Reno then. Like there wasn't a show all the time like there is now. Mm -hmm. So you'd just go to whatever was out there. Mm -hmm. So you'd get to see all these awesome bands play mm -hmm. together that maybe didn't have a lot in common musically, but except for everybody was there to party and listen to. Rad music. Yeah, that still sounds about right for Reno. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like when, I, when I first showed up back from Seattle, back to Reno, I was like, um, the big bands were the Mud Sharks. They were, they were the hottest band. Yeah. And Sprout Worm and Orange Peel were out there playing all the time. Yeah. Um, I've never things like Psychic, Sprout in a long time. Psychiatrist Petty. He's playing the Zephyr going on yeah. and uh, the Metamorphosis, which is what Carl's Bar is now. Oh, that yeah, place used to Met. have like Stacy Toll used to host an open mic there on maybe, yeah, yeah. On maybe Wednesdays or something. Mm -hmm. That wasn't always I, Carl's. No, no, it was the man. Like I read. A, I got to town and I picked up at Recycle Records probably or Insurrection maybe or yeah, I think it was Insurrection first, and then there was a BG by Weekly, which is by Pete Manchetti, who's slovenly and yeah. a bunch guy. of records, sticker, sticker guy, guy yeah. all the labels and shit. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I just picked up this thing, and on the back was a show. Gunshot Liquors doing oh, oh, what the Pink Jam, Pink Jam with, with the, the Ricky it, Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix's cousin or something mm. was doing that too. I think back then. But then oh, okay, yeah. and it's to for ladies to come out and jam. Yeah, right. Always dudes come out and jam though, and that's where I met Hudson and people I would be in bands later with, and and those bands I met too. I'm just like, can I take your picture? Because you know, I was a photographer, yeah. so I'd be able to talk to them and stuff, and I'd take their pictures and make T-shirts and shit for Sprout Worm and Orange Peel at the time. <laughs> that was the first ones nice. I kind of glommed on to. What's up with you yeah, guys? Those guys were rad. Right? Yeah. Like a lot of those guys worked at Fresco's Pizza where I was working too, so I got to catch on all that. Yeah. It was fun. That was good good old Reno times. I remember Citizen Fish came and we went to Carson City to go watch all those, all three of those bands in Citizen Fish. At the fairgrounds? Yeah. That was Orange Peel's last show. Mm. Yeah. I went to that. Yeah. <laughs> <Before> <laughs> all I, right. Yeah. Old times. So <laughs> yeah. in, 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 were you in guys the friends Dog Water studio. <laughs> Me and Nick were friends. Yeah, we were. Yeah. So what, what's the first track you got for us? Um, yeah, you I, guys like made a record. What's what's this all about? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I'd written um, four EPs. This is the fourth EP. Each EP is six songs long. Um, I'm probably I'd think eighty percent through um, our first full length that I haven't. We're going to record um, once you start learning, finish learning the set 
that include these songs. But this song, this EP, just came out. Um, I think a month, couple months ago. Um, so it's brand new for the most part. Um, Images is actually a song I wrote um, about. Uh, well, it was inspired by. I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but when the whole when Russia invaded the Ukraine. Um, the, the first image I saw of that was of a, a mother, um, and two of her children who were, were trying to flee and they were crossing the street and a mortar had exploded, uh, near them and had killed them. Um, and they were laying, uh, prone dead in the middle of the street and a photographer had, had captured the image of that. And it was on, I think the cover of the times, uh, the New York times newspaper. Um, it was all over the internet. Um, and then they interviewed that uh, female photographer who took the picture and it wasn't so much, I mean, the song's about war for sure. And the atrocities and how war sucks, um, hardly a new idea, but the, the song was, was more so about that photographer that took that picture because in the interview, um, I'm gonna feel like a dick saying this, but she almost seemed giddy and like, like she couldn't wait to like show you this awesome picture she had, or she was very proud of herself for getting it. And, and it occurred to me that like we reward that stuff and it's good because in, in one, on one level, because they're exposing the war and they're, and they're bringing it home and everybody gets to see it. But at the same time, it's like, should you really be proud of, of getting that award yeah, for not your to celebrate photograph? This yeah. is someone's mother and th those are those, someone's little kids, you know, and like, like your life's yeah. getting so better. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, I just want to go. Calm down, honey. You yeah. Know, I mean, that's, you know, I, I get it. Good yeah. shot, you know, everything, but like, Jesus, you know, yeah, it was so fresh. It was so yeah. new. Like, you know, we don't see that kind of stuff here. Like Americans are very spoiled. We've never been invaded, you know, like yeah. war is something that you see, yeah. uh, you know, you see some ugly on, in the newspapers or online and stuff like, like that. that. And every once in a while we need to remind ourselves, you know, shit, you know, there's diplomacy is where it's at, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so that anyway, that's what that song is about. It was just about like the 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 irony of the of her capturing the image and being proud of that, but at the same time, is it really sh something you should be proud of? Everybody gather around as you lay face down on the pavement. Oh, oh. get a good look as the hope fades from her eyes. A fish-eyed hero can barely contain her excitement from the show.
Rad. Oh, yeah. And scene. Is that? Fight <laughs> song. Sounds good. Is that good Chris phones. Fox, you, Fuck yeah. and Penny? Oh, yeah. No. Who played drums on that? You both are fucking drummers. Yeah. So um, I played drums on the EP. I had to, um, after the, uh, shoot, how did I start this? So I had to basically rebuild uh, the lineup. Um, hence the irony of uh, irreplaceable things. <laughs> <laughs> All but one was replaced. Every irreplaceable is replaceable. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, you know, I think when I, when I chose that name, um, uh, it was because I knew I was putting together a lineup. So it was, it was almost kind of a, kind of me mm-hmm. trying to be funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, funny. But uh, anyway, what was the question? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, so, like, oh, so you played on that oh, track. Yeah, so, so I played, yeah. So my, my lineup that I had for on, on the first uh, EP, when I put the lineup together, it broke up. The, the, the band broke up. So I was by myself again and I was like shit what do I do so I just kept writing um, and I wrote another EP so I called Chris Fox and said man you want to do it again and he was like fuck yeah that's <laughs> Chris Fox yeah like he just he never misses a chance to play and he's nope. awesome it's for um, real yeah so we I was just gonna to- bring that up in a bit well here we'll pass these around um, Chewbacca Kim gets one oh I think I have one. Where'd okay. you get these? Then pass it to the uh, next Last time Chris was here, he, he left one. that for oh, all no, of you, and I keep forgetting I, to give them to you. Actually, I don't nice. think I have Boss, one. daughter, single. Um, yeah. yeah, they're. Yeah. We just want to say hi to those guys. Absolutely. So Chris is on top of the world right now. Boss's daughter, that's his, his baby for sure. But um, yeah, so he and I went down to the Puss Cavern. Um, I, I sent him just raw, me on my acoustic guitar, singing um, demos, and then we went down there and just knocked it out in like four days. Uh, mm-hmm. So I played drums and I sang. Um, uh, Penny from the Shames did not sing on this. Oh. Um, I asked her to initially, um, but she said she could do it. Uh, she could sing in the studio, but she couldn't commit to the band mm-hmm. anymore. And I knew that, well, if I'm going to take this, if I'm going to rebuild the band, then I was trying to find a singer that would sing on it that was going to be in the band. Mm-hmm. I thought that was important because um, I thought it would might keep make that singer more motivated uh to be a part of it so i found uh, sarah russell who's actually uh, sean wrecker's wife who oh, i play cool. uh and sean plays in irreplaceable beings now too oh cool so i kind of got two for the price of one in the lineup Sweet. i got a, a guitar player and uh and a backup singer um, and Sarah killed it on this record. So I was really excited. And yeah, those are some sweet backups. Mm-hmm. And when we're playing uh, live, she knows it on stage for the song. So win win. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so let's, you know, Chris Fox was still my, you know, my formula. I've recorded every song with him so far. Um, but I have, like I said, I'm, I'm almost done with our first full length. Uh, I think after four EPs, it's time to put out a full length. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got most of it written and this will be all this lineup. And I'm looking forward to, uh, not having to play drums mm-hmm. and, uh, just singing. Yeah. You have uh, Jason from so many rap bands. Including yeah. Well, I got a ringer in the band cranium, now. So, yeah. speak, so <laughs> one of the best. What bands yeah. have yes. you been in? Cause I don't know. Just a couple. No, I you know. haven't heard of him. Maybe. Um, well, well, if I haven't, maybe I should. Do you want me to start at the beginning? Yeah. Sure. Yes, yeah, so I want just your whole resume. So when I was 15, <laughs> oh god, in high school with Pierre, I had a rock and roll band called Anastasia, which was and still is probably a really good band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't yeah, gone yeah. back and listened to. Anything that we recorded, but so funny, I was jealous of that band. Funny story good. with that. Um, 
I was the youngest guy in the band, and the singer was 21 years old. His name was Joe Winkler. And uh, we went to record an album at Axtrax, which is now um, Tom Gordon's place. Imirage. Um, uh, Imirage. Yeah. Uh, and so my singer wrote me a note to school so that I could be excused <laughs> from class oh, to wow. record a rock and roll album. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like my first recording experience was at Axtrax. Um in the same location that Mirage is in today. So that's pretty right. That was the very, Damn. like the first thing I played with, uh, I I played with um, this. Slap grandpa. Uh, that Grandma. Grandma. That's oh, that's <laughs> later on. That's like just before the 2000s. This okay. is kind of like um, very early 90s right now. Actually okay. mid 80s, well, late 80s, 88, I guess. Something like that mm-hmm. was Anastasia. Then uh, after that split up, um, I played with Rock Boulevard, uh, which was really fun and rock and roll for a couple of years. And then that went away and I played for a short time with a blues band called the Voodoo Cats, uh, uh, yeah. which they had a lot of things going for them. They also had a lot of things going against them um, and personnel and personal issues with band members was the biggest thing like with any other band yeah. um actually moved to denver to play with that band and try to help build a new band uh and that imploded rather mm. quickly <laughs> so i retreated back home again um and i wanted to play heavy music i wanted to play metal i was really getting more into very aggressive drumming and um and also more kind of progressive drumming too not just like straight up metal complicated metal stuff um and this guy Derek McAdow reached out to me and he had a band called Rock Animal Cookbook those guys were from, yeah like from Gardnerville originally um so I did that for a little bit and then kind of petered out and Derek also wanted to start playing heavier music as well. So that's when slap grandma came in into the world. Uh, and we, we did that for a while and then I kind of got drawn away by a band called Mr. Buzzsaw and the blasphemy yeah. boys. Ah, Mark. Moots. <clears throat> yep. Enter Mark moves. Moots. Yeah. I went to high school with Mark. I was in a jazz band with Mark. Oh, nice. I played trumpet back then. Fun. Did you have to join the marching band or were you able to just join the jazz band? <laughs> I, no, I didn't have to join the marching band. Okay, good. Band. No. I mean, not good. director. <laughs> yeah. There were, there were a bunch of the fucking lefty commies over in there. Guys. Carson, in Carson City. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Right? <laughs> but um, yeah, Mark Moots, Mr. Yeah, Buzzsaw. And, yep. And then, so that one kind of went by the wayside and – we wanted to be writing heavier music and a couple of the guys didn't really like the direction that we wanted to be heading. And so they split and we grabbed up a couple other guys and uh, December was born. I read about them in spin magazine, right? We, we did, we did okay. It was fun. Um, got to tour, got to go to Europe, got to tour around the States and Canada a couple of times. It was a, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then also what, while December was happening, Cranium came into existence as yeah. well. Uh, um, which was talking a, about a legendary band, <laughs> which originally a was um, a duo with uh, myself and Ryan Hall, yeah. um, Maestro Hall, if you yeah. will. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then eventually we decided we needed a bass player, so we got uh, Dave Adams, mm-hmm. fantastic, fantastic human being and bass player. Yeah. Um, yeah, Asa Dacon played in that too for a while, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. And then Asa came along. Uh, Dave moved away. Uh, and then we got Asa. And I think that was his first band. He was like 18. Yeah, that, that dude's an awesome guy. Yeah. And a, and a killer bass player. I love him yeah. so much. Um, yeah. Uh, just like. Yeah, his son and my daughter were in like elementary school together for a while. Oh, and so cool. me and him would see each other at pick, pick up and stuff. Uh-huh. I didn't reckon I was. Him at first, and then he, he was like, oh, yeah, I was playing these bands. I was like, shit, I used to work the door for Cranium all the time at the Zephyr. You guys are like badass. So Yeah, we were, just we were cool like practically dude. the house band yeah. there for a while. <laughs> we would play all the time. It was awesome. Yeah, gosh, those are the good old days there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then just like so many other things. I've Jazz gigs. Um, I've played with singer-songwriters, the novelists, Kate Cotter, like all kinds of – just kind of spread myself out across everything that I could get myself into just trying to be a, a musician, trying to be a pro, you know, and, mm. and get out there and do things. So, yeah, like now uh, I've got Way to the Tide going on. Um, that's kind of like the main band, the super heavy melodic metal band. Um, yeah. Little plug we just have been recording. Mark Moots in that as well, right? Re- recording an EP. Yes, Moots. Mm. Uh, Jess Phipps. Uh, Marcus Mayhall ah, of the Mayhall lineage. Love the Mayhalls. That's right. Can't go wrong if you got a Mayhall in your band. Right. right. <laughs> so, You're probably pretty good. Yeah, that's a long, long run of rad music. A lot playing. of stuff. Yeah. Man, just a lot of stuff. I don't remember yeah. like the name of every job I've ever had. <laughs> like the name of every company I've ever worked for. Oh, I left a few out. I don't too. even remember the names of like all the people I've dated. You remember every single thing. You probably remember like every single show you've ever played. <laughs> well, so, no, act, funny enough, I don't. Oh, My no. memory is not Shows, that good. Not that good. Bands definitely. But that's when I snagged him. Yep. After all that, Smart. but I knew like when I was putting the lineup back together, I wanted, I wanted the band to be a little heavier than it was, and um, when I was. Uh, talking to uh, to Lauren, um, uh, my girl, I was. She's like, "Well, you know, put together the lineup you want. Get get heavier players. You know who you're thinking." And I'm like, "Well, you know, my dream would be to, to have Jason Thomas on drums because like, yeah. we cut, we're cut from the same cloth as far as you know the early rock and roll." Influences. I think that's everybody's yeah. dream, you know. Um, <laughs> so. But I just knew I knew he was a, a solid rock drummer um, and. And I could not have been more uh, correct in that. But I was super hesitant to call him because I, I knew he played in December and he played in, plays in Way to the Tide and those are really mm-hmm. heavy bands. But he'd also played um, with uh, Mark. Uh, oh, yeah, Vague Choir. The Vague Choir. Yeah. Oh, I love the Vague Choir. But not Great super band. heavy. Didn't mean to leave that out. So <laughs> then I thought, well, maybe it's a possibility. And Lauren finally said, you know, just call him. It's what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, you guys know each other so since I, the old days. I texted him thinking he's going to be like, nah, dude. And he texted back, that sounds like a lot of fun. I was like, holy shit. 
I think he just said yes. Like, <laughs> uh, I said like, yes. Yeah, so that was like the first step. I'm all, man, I just landed a sick drummer. So step one. And uh, and it's 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 awesome. I mean, like there there are times when we're practicing that you know the end. Of this, I'm I'm a big fan of like big rock and roll endings. I like a big because mm. I'm a drummer mm. and I do that shit probably more than I should. Um, but uh, there are times when we're practicing when when Jason will go into these ends where he's just like killing these like crazy fills, and the rest of the band will just look at each other and go, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm over here fucking around. I think I say "Holy shit" the most when I go to see Jason, yeah, so especially it's like, Cranium. There's yeah, a, so it's or a, it's just one big "Holy shit!" <laughs> wow. Yeah. So and but okay. So here's the thing: when you see it with Cranium, it's mm. it's mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. It's very cool. When you see it like in a pop band, it's even crazier because you don't you don't expect it. Like because mm. he's playing well, yeah. you know these rock beats and stuff. But then like he'll do these fills. Okay. They're just and first, but he's not doing crazy like cranium stuff that's like that would be like inappropriate. He's still very song specific. Fits that song, that. yeah. But he'll just do something that's just so fucking cool. And he's and he's such a good musician that like if if you know mistakes that would throw a lot of drummers off that we all do. Like we'll go into something too early or too late or something. Um, he'll compensate by extending a fill just a little bit longer in like this perfect way yes, that makes yeah. it feel it on your feet. like he meant to do it on purpose. And you Whoops. look at me, he has this big smile on his face. And just like, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but nothing Sorry. goes off the rails and you <laughs> finish the song and you're just like, fucking pro. That's you know what I mean? So, cool. so that's a good thing. Can't yeah. wait to see you guys play, that's man. That's a luxury. Yeah, uh, it's and a I blast. Got, I got Shane back on bass. He's fucking phenomenal, tasteful, smart, yeah, good. so Tasty good. bass player. Um, I got Riff and Sean on guitars. They're fucking kicking ass. I mean, it's just they're both loud um, guitar players, which I wanted. I wanted this thing to be a little heavier. Thick, yeah. They both play yeah. through, you know, Marshall half stacks and Gibson Les Pauls and all the shit that I love. I've always been a Gibson guy. No offense to Fender players out there, <laughs> but um, I love the fact that both my guitar players are ha- have Les Pauls and the. Because it's just it to me that just feels like rock and roll, mm-hmm. and the band is like louder. It's a little bit more aggressive, and it's um it's fun now. Like it's such a good combination. There's no awkwardness or weirdness. Every there's no ego. Everybody's just like gets along, and yeah. we're telling jokes between songs. It feels like what a band should be. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like this is absolutely a, love it. This is the uh, first time you've been singing. We've had you on before, and we talked about this, but like um. Now it's a year later or whatever. I mean, you seem like you're yeah. really comfortable. You sound comfortable. Um, yeah, I, I like. Well, I mean, I like to think I'm getting better. I still, yeah. still you know, it was never anything I, 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 I never thought I could do. You know, I mean, I didn't start writing songs until shit probably three years ago, maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even know I could do it. You know, actually, that's the I guess it's been four years since I wrote my first song. But as far as like recording them and things like that, and actually. Um, when I started believing I could take it seriously, it hasn't been that long. Uh, I think I've played four shows. This will be my fifth mm-hmm. coming up. So, I but I'm but I'm not as nervous anymore. You, the more you do it, like anything, you just kind of get more confident yeah. mm-hmm. at so it. I think. But you do have a show coming up. You know. yeah, yeah. So our first show is going to be St. Patrick's Day um, at the Matador. Um, Nice. Yeah, with Last One Down, who's, who's Ooh, fastly yes. become one of my favorite local punk bands. Absolutely. Um, and Sucker Punch, which yeah. you know, nice. we'll always love. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun because it's just everybody that knows each other, friends, family. Yeah. And on know, a, like a fun party night, people yeah. are going to have a great time. Yeah, yeah. so yes. I'm really looking forward to that. And what a great way to like launch the new lineup. Mm. Yeah, so. And you said at Matador, right? Yeah. At Matador. It's yeah, going to yeah. be raucous. Yeah. 
Gonna I had cool. to take that whole weekend off. I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, because like I, I hit you up. I was like, can I get pre-sales? I have to work till like 7 p.m. But you said no. So I was like, fuck it. Well, I didn't I'm say no, you a- couldn't get pre-sales. I said we weren't pre-selling tickets. Oh, yeah. well, you know what I meant. <laughs> did you I know what I meant? <laughs> okay, good. Because I felt really bad if you're all. <laughs> no, you don't have you to. thought I was like, not you, Kim. No, 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 no. I just said there weren't tickets. Pre-sales for everybody else, but not awesome Kim who like puts us on these awesome punk rock shows. No, If there were pre-sales, you wouldn't have a pre-sale ticket. Aww. You would have to pay for one because you'd be on the guest list. Trust Aww. me. Yeah. Um, so I did take that day off because I was like, well, fuck it. Yeah. Why not? Wow. You didn't have Let's to do it. Off. Let's get, get there early. The Let's, yeah, it's it's St. Awesome. Patrick's Day. Yeah. It's going to be epic. And then uh, that weekend, I also have the Floggy Molly show. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Anti-Flag, Floggy right? Molly, yeah. and uh, Skinny Lister, who is like my absolute favorite. Right. So I took Monday Sounds off, like too. You know, it's a great it's like a four-day St. Patrick's Day bender for yes. me. So, fuck you know what's yeah. crazy is like every I'm I'm not a flogging Molly fan, which isn't to say that I dislike them. I just don't I, think about them much. They're same. not like on my radar, right? But every time they come, their opening band is like one of my yeah. favorites. Like last time Lauren and I went to see him with uh, Face to Face opened. Yeah. The GSR. And as soon as Face to Face was done, I'm like, you want to go get a drink? She's like, yeah, we just bailed on the show. We didn't watch Flogging Molly. <laughs> and know, now they're coming with Anti-Flag and I want to uh, go see Anti-Flag because like – Well, you got to see – Skin- if anybody's going to go, like go see Skinny Lister. Like I, Flogging Molly's fine. It's whatever. We've seen them like a million times. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Skinny Lister is really where it's at. And, um, like, talk about some, like, actual rad fucking, like, Irish punk rock. Like, yeah. Holy well, fuck. Like, folk punk. Like, yeah. So I'd probably bananas. sit through Skinny Lister and Anti-Flag and then Anti-Flag and, then, and I'd probably bail. Yeah. I probably will, too. Because that's going to be a long-ass weekend yeah. for But me. I will say this. Um, Flogging Molly, as we were leaving, people were going absolutely batshit for Flogging Molly. So. Uh, a lot of people like that band. They yeah, they don't need your help. Probably including all these bands that all the bands that they bring that you love that are opening for them, they <laughs> must be Floggy Molly fans. So they just mm, do, I don't know. They or businessmen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That that tour is going to do well no matter yeah. who opens. Yeah. For sure. you know, that's that's the one thing I I learned when uh, you know shows I got to play as a headlining band is like mm-hmm. if the headlining band is really what sells most of the tickets. Yeah, and like yeah, and you're going to get the money. Yeah. No, so well, as for me, well. I bought those tickets just for Skinny Lister. I don't care right. about any of the other. You are the sweet exception. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you go to so many shows, you know. As a guy who's usually in the opening band, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have literally found some of the coolest shit ever just getting there early. Yeah, absolutely. Like I got into Chuck Reagan because I showed up for Lucero early once, you nice. know, or like no, I think he opened for Social Distortion once, and this was like. 15 years ago or whatever, I never would have picked up a Chuck Reagan CD and I never would have realized that he was the guy in Hot Water Music, you know, until you go down those rabbit holes, Mm -hmm. you see just some random guy and then you, you know. Yeah, Yeah, you know what? Um, I will admit I got, I always knew of Hot Water Music, but I was never a huge fan just because I hadn't immersed myself in that stuff but i went backwards i became a chuck reagan fan first and yeah. then that made me listen oh, to hot same. water music my yeah, else, that's what i'm saying i was yeah. in the same, same spot so yeah yeah crazy dude first time the cure toured they were opening for billy idol really damn. That, was, that was probably a badass wow. show though Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, damn. No, at that point the cure sucked. So don't. Well, yeah, yeah I bet people hated them. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know the band that I saw on the. If on I the, could go back in time, though, I'd go to that show. Oh hell totally, yeah! Totally, totally. Yeah. Yep. The, the band that I saw on the tiny stage before anyone knew who they were was in 1993. I saw Tool. Yeah. At wow. A, at a, they were on a, the stage was almost embarrassing. It was at Lollapalooza in yeah, Nashville. I saw I saw that in but, in Shoreline. Oh yeah, yeah. But they were on a tiny stage, yeah. and and I remember I was this. I absolutely I don't talk shit about a lot of genres of music, but I never liked techno, um, mostly because I found it offensive because there were no drums in it. You know, <laughs> computers and we don't tune these things. You know, so. But uh, this band Front Two Forty Two was on the main stage of Lollapalooza, yeah. so How I was, was just like. Too? Check, yeah. Checked out, gone. This sucks. So I'm waiting for the band yeah, to play. The side, and think... some guy came running through the crowd with a chainsaw. Now, obviously, it had no blade on it. I hope, oh, but he was going, "Wow!" He's just revving it up, wow, and he was yelling, "Tool, tool, oh, God. tool!" And and I'm like, "Yeah, you got one." Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. Try not to lop anybody's <laughs> limbs off. Um, but he was running around. He was just rallying up the crowd. He's like, "Follow me for tool." He's like, "Oh," you know. So I'm like, "Well, it's more interesting than the band." I'm. Seeing was just two guys with computers, <laughs> so I followed the chainsaw out of the crowd into like the, yeah. the hay area, the bales of hay in this tiny little stage, and the, this band Tool started their set, and I was instantly drawn to the drummer, sure, uh, Danny Carey, the mm-hmm. dude's name. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! I mean, even back then, he was just <laughs> shredding. So I'm like, so glued to that band, and then I thought the singer looked exactly like. Kelly Lee from Bad News Bears. Yeah. Remember the cool oh, yeah, picture? Yeah. Yeah. The drill Harley Davidson. Is that yeah. turn you on? Harley Davidson? Yeah. That guy? He looked just like him. <laughs> Instantly, yeah. I liked the band. I'm like, they got Kelly Lee from the Bad News Bears singing. They got an amazing drummer. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. That was a right band. I remember that show in Shoreline. It was so fucking hot that day. And when I front 242, I was like, I kind of like their music. I enjoy that stuff. But I felt like these guys would be awesome to see in a little club where there was air conditioning and shit. But right now, this is the most annoying shit in the world. It's yeah. better at night. <laughs> so, Way better but, at night. So I slid over and I caught – I think Charlie Hunter Trio played on that same side stage. Ooh, during that. Well, yeah. don't get me wrong. I mean, Front 242 pushed buttons better than anybody <laughs> ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it uh, just wasn't my thing. That whole show was, was garbage until the end when the sun went down and then Alice in Chains and Primus got to play at the end. That was killing. Who headlined yours? Primus. Same. Yep. It was yep. cool. Three guys rocking yeah. to well, like. Alice in Chains played when the sun was going down, which was pretty awesome mm-hmm. and fitting. And then Primus came out and they were playing in their hometown pretty much there at Shoreline, Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was fucking awesome. Has anyone seen that video of um, Primus playing in Germany, like in 19, probably 93 or four or whatever? It's awesome mm-hmm. because uh, Les Claypool's doing his, you know, when he's like, <laughs> He sings all goofy and weird, and he's just killing it on his bass. And these German people look like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And he's just hopping around just with his, his goofy-ass hat, the band's just killing it. But it's one of my favorite things on the internet. Search it out. Okay. Primus in Germany, you'll fucking laugh your ass off. Good luck. All right. <laughs> We're the Americans. So, you guys, we want to play another one off this? Yeah. Uh, what, you, what you guys brought Sounds in? Sounds just like Primus. Hell yeah. Just kidding. I think we're up to you. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing Insidious? Yeah, so um, this this is basically um, a song I wrote after probably the worst fight I've had with my girl to date. Um, I don't think she's comfortable with me telling that because she knows what it's about. Um, but it's basically just about not, um, you know, being apologetic and just recognizing that you you can fight in a relationship, but um, don't bail on it if you love that person because um, everyone goes through 
shit like that. But it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written just because um, of the melody uh, I think is really good in each part of the song. Like a lot of times, you know, verses can be kind of drone and then there'll be like a really cool, uh, catchy melody. This is in this song, in my humble opinion, I think that the verse melody is as good as the pre-chorus melody, which is as good as the chorus melody. So it's probably one of my top two uh, songs I think I've ever written, um, even though it's a you know basically a love song. And Do you feel like song, your so. song's writing is getting um, more um, – it's progressing like and – I definitely do with this song. Um, I've written some after this that I don't think are as good as this. So I can't say it's a continuously pressing mm-hmm. thing. You, 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 but here's the thing. Like, um, for me, if, if, uh, I mean, I write good songs and I write bad songs like everybody else. Right. And my own worst critics. So I, I have, when I said I had 80% of a new record written, I actually have enough for a new record, but I only have 80% that I think is good enough to record. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it, like anything, you just get better at it the more you do it. And I mm-hmm. think this is a representation of how my songwriting has progressed because everything is like super, it's where I want it mm-hmm. in this, but I can't always do it. You know what I mean? Like I'll yeah. write a song, like I have, sometimes I'll have an idea for a song that I think is good. And then when it's done, I, I'm, or I'm, I can't get it finished. Cause I don't think it's good enough or whatever. Um, but I can't. And I know I want to bail on it, right? But I can't bail on the song because I can't think about anything else. I can't switch and start writing an, another song. Oh. I have to like get it out of my system. Right. Even though halfway through, I'm like, I'm never going to fucking record this. I don't like it. You don't but want that if, swimming around. Inside. Yeah, but if I don't get it out of my head, I can't do anything it's else. It's like you didn't so, finish the puzzle or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. some weird like that. But I just revamped a song. that was the second song I ever wrote that I didn't think it was good enough to record. And I was just fucking around with my acoustic and I was just – looking at the old stuff and I, I completely rewrote it. And I think it's going to be one of the best songs on the new record that I record because I completely changed all the melodies. I mean, the chords, <laughs> like there was a, a pre-chorus that I kept that I liked, but the rest of it, I just kind of threw out and then I changed some of the lyrics and I kind of re so it's mm-hmm. a good lesson for me. And like, even the ones that you don't like, get them out of your system, but don't necessarily throw them out. Just like tuck them away to the side mm-hmm. and then I'm able to move on. And then at some point I can, revisit yeah, their, their time back to life yeah so it's I mean, a cool I, way to do it i read a lot of shit from songwriters that, that i admire and i know songwriters that i admire so i'm always like trying to get advice you yeah know, i mean like the same shit me. i think yeah. we all do um <clears throat> and like what i've learned is there aren't any rules like i i've heard you know i read books by bono right great songwriter and mm-hmm. he'll you know tell you yeah, if it's not happening ignore it throw it away mm. right you're never going to use it right and then um, I talked to my friend, Ben, uh, Ben, Ben Weasel, ben, awesome. Yeah. He's written, written, I don't know, thousands of songs. Right. Um, and he thinks that's lazy. He's like, no, 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 you've, it's songwriting is work. He's like, you're sitting around waiting for divine inspiration to hit you every time. You know, you may wait forever. He's like, sometimes it's like, it's like a job. It's like anything else. You consider it your work. If it's not working now, you put that away, move on to something else. I'm so glad I listened to that because this, new song would never gotten written right. or rewritten if I'd thrown it out. So, you know, I guess we all kind of like take from different songwriters what, what you like, but mm-hmm. I like that. So that's kind of what I do. I, it's I smart. I don't throw it out. I'll move on from it, but I won't throw it out. My friend Eddie, who's one of my favorite songwriters from the Eddie and the subtitles, he's, he put it uh, in a way he said, like, when you first start out, you you write your first song, not very good, but you wrote a song 
you had all the parts. Da-da. You keep writing songs, and then one day you write this next song. This is like another level of songwriting where it's you're like, holy shit, this song is way better. These 50 songs are garbage. And yeah. <laughs> and now I'm going to try to replicate that um, that sound songwriting stuff into, or better. Yeah, and you kind of reset your bar. Pushing that. Yeah. yeah. Agree. It's hard to go back and be like, but I also think there's some beauty in simplicity. And, you know, if you feel, even if it's a 30 second song, you know, yet it's just something that's coming out of you, you know, yep. finish, you know, like he, like your friend Ben says, I'd say finish it, man. You know, yeah, like totally. And the, the other thing, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm my own worst critic, but. I always have to remind myself that in every band I've ever been in, there have been songs that I thought were like the worst song on the record that everybody else will tell you, no, that's, that's the best song on the record. Like, like sucker <laughs> yeah. punch has a song. I don't know if I should say it. Cause I'd be, if that's shitty or not to say the title of it, but we have a song that I thought was dog shit. <laughs> like I thought, ah, oh, we just, we just, we didn't even try to write this thing. It was just kind of like a half ass. We're just jamming kind of thing. And I didn't want to record it. And it ended up being like one of the like we can't take not play it in the set usually. It's so, your favorite, yeah. Yeah, I'll say it. it's Twelve Steppers. Um, it was it was it was used in a commercial for the Reno hockey really? team. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> like so, and that was a song I wouldn't have never even recorded. I'm like, it's not good enough. There's no horns in it. There's no there's not a lot of melody. It's just this blistering fast punk song, you know. But like when we would play that shit live, the crowd would sing that back to us, and I was like, you know what? You guys are right. I, you know, bow yeah. out. Like sometimes you just sometimes you never know. Taste is like that. So, mm-hmm. so should we have that song? Yes. Yeah. yeah sorry, that was really long. <laughs> anyway, this is insidious. Oh. Can you see what I can't see? Too late to apologize 
Yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Fucking boogies. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you are also in some other bands besides Sucker Punch and yeah. this one, right? What other bands yeah. are you in currently? Um, I'm in a band called Engine Fire. That's right. So with that's... Uh, my son Josh and Chris Holloway and Sean Rucker. Okay. Sean Sean's also in Irreplaceable Beings. Um, I still play uh, in Sucker Punch. We started there. Um, and then this one. And then I'm still in Screeching Weasel. We have Engine Fire coming up on Neutral Ground soon, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What day is it? I'm not sure. It got <laughs> changed <laughs> several times. <laughs> it's in March. I know. I'm hoping I'm getting – and I don't know who's uh, playing with us. We're not actually doing one in March because March – well, there you go. See, it's, it's probably in April. It's probably in April. Uh, March twenty fifth. Yeah, March twenty fifth. We're actually doing punk rock prom at the ranch house. Oh, that's right. So, and none of my punk bands were invited. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> damn shame. There are a Kim, lot more punk it bands. It is a damn days. shame. It I'm is a kidding. damn shame. I just put like names in a hat. That's right. That's really high. Say. And then I just pulled. <laughs> now I'm just kidding. Uh, next time. But uh, yeah, we are gonna have uh, engine fire on. Uh, for Neutral Ground, which Neutral Ground is our monthly all-ages showcase um, fundraiser That's for the matinee. Reno. matinee fundraiser for the Reno Punk Rock Flea Market. And this week we have uh, Mortala, which is actually pretty rad. Like, they're all kids. They played the kickoff party uh, for the flea, the fall flea that we ha- we just had in November. Uh, and then Peddling Mongos from Truckee and a band called Out of Character, which they're local kids too. So nice. come out to Holland Project. It's 12 to 3. $5 okay. goes to the band. Um, and then whatever's left over goes to the flea. Uh, we have officially separated from the generator. Uh, so our future endeavors um, are going to be dependent on us fundraising. The Reno Punk Rock Flea Market. Yeah, and getting lots of community support, which we know we have. Um, So we will be planning lots of fundraisers, which their next one, like I said, is the um, uh, Punk Rock Prom Prom. on March 25th. Very, very cool. Yeah, so cool. Uh, The Glitter Bats are playing with Manchild, Black Crosses, and Riot Radio Friday. Or Saturday. Saturday Saturday the 25th. So hopefully this is out before that. We'll see. Um, <laughs> and if this comes some weeks out, are better than others. Yeah, if it's if it comes out later, then it was probably it was a, a rad show. show yeah. And I guarantee it was. It's great to see you guys there. Yeah. Um, uh, we right got. Up. Did you want to? We have a new segment to the show. No yeah. way. Yeah. Well, something. Yeah, something yeah. I brought. Something. Uh, something we're gonna start doing now. I'm trying to do it once a month. I got all this rad old Reno music from the old days and just sitting in cassettes in my tape rack at home. And when I first started talking to Nick about doing a show years and years ago, it was me and him just talking about it would be awesome to have something where we could present this old music sometime and just talk about old Reno bands. Mm-hmm. So Rick's nice enough to, to cooperate with me. Well, I'm going to start bringing in a Walkman and playing Cassette tapes of different old bands from so, Chewy's Walkman. Wait, Chewy, seriously? So, yeah. It's seriously a Walkman. Yep, it's, a, it's <laughs> actually. It's a, and I'm not saying it's a Walkman. It's really like a, like some knockoff brand. It's actually a Sony Walkman. <laughs> yep. it's got bass boost and everything. <laughs> somebody yes, spoiled somebody a picture yeah. of that for the blog. <laughs> I bought it for three bucks at Savers about ten years oh, ago, and it's nice. got me through a lot of. 
Did it archiving. come with the headphones with the orange foam? No. <laughs> I, it may have been there, too, but I got enough headphones to cover me forever. But <laughs> I don't think anybody When the apocalypse that. happens and nobody has digital music anymore, <laughs> I've got enough AA batteries and cassette tapes to have all the music anybody ever wanted to hear. So I'll be like the best, most popular dude in the neighborhood, finally. After <laughs> Burn, <all>. Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> so, but tonight, so I brought in stuff to just kind of sound check it with Rick, and I thought, my, why not go ahead and have the first episode of my my uh, tape. We'll so what do you got for us? I brought in a band called Gob, originally known as MC Gob, which was Moo Cow, Goddess of Bung. They were <laughs> one of the first Reno bands I ever heard. There was That's a grad. There was a, like great a trivia question. KUNR used to have like late at night from like 12 p 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. They had a show called the Bottom 40. They played all the rad shit that you couldn't find that nobody else was playing in Reno. It was like a real true college radio station experience. And those guys would play gob stuff once in a while. It was like one of the first bands I ever heard in Reno. And it was my second Reno tape I ever bought that I'm brought in. After I bought a BOHJ tape over the counter at DuGrenay from Greg Allen. Don't say I, what that stands for. Yeah. We won't. I uh, was working with a guy at a warehouse, at a mailing warehouse in early 1992, April, I think, and he played in Gob and he gave me this tape. So I brought in that tape. It's a tape called Smorgasbord. And uh, this is a song. I think it's probably called Toolbox, but I really need to get in touch with some people to get more clarification on all this stuff. But here it is, straight from tape. You guys enjoy it. I feel very sleek I 
to unpack there but uh, the thing that stood out to me the most was he saying about fucking inflatable sheep he said when he gets horny he's got inflatable sheep oh okay, okay. So I don't well, know what he was I talking mean, about you know. if that's a metaphor <laughs> I don't think it well, rhythmically <laughs> though that was really that was smart like, yeah that was that was cool yeah yeah I forgot it's, how good that band was they were awesome and they stands did, there's a ton of, of stuff time. out there by them it still sounds relevant. Like oh, I'd go yeah. see that yeah. today. Totally, I totally um, go yeah. see I that. I wish I haven't heard about God playing a show since maybe Skate Jam in '96 or something. But like, I'm, maybe they have. Now I get to tell my Gob story. Yeah, so yes. excited. So um, the first, uh, I I think the f- probably it, technically is probably the second or third show I played with Sucker Punch, but I think it was the first one that kind of. Um, let people knew, know who we were. There was a skate jam that uh, Kimber from, uh, oh, yeah, from Resur- Insurrection, Insurrection, Insurrection Records yeah. originally they used to put on at the Livestock Event Center. Um, he was a if, – if you knew Kimber, he was a sweetheart of a guy. Yeah. He ran the record store. He he was a nicer guy um, than he was a good businessman, unfortunately, yeah. he, because he would just give you – if you wanted yeah. a record and you couldn't afford it and you were a kid, he'd go, yep. here, man. You know, he'd give you a T-shirt if you need, you know, whatever. He was just that sweet soul kind of guy. Um, Anyway, uh, he would throw these skate jams 
well, we only did a couple of them, but the, the first one he did that was huge was at the Livestock Event Center. Um, and Sucker Punch is on that bill, and there were two stages, kind of like a warp tour or a Lollapalooza kind of thing, where one band's setting up with the other one's playing, and then mm-hmm. they sit and go alternate, and it goes really quick. And we were, uh, Sucker Punch was, uh, it was either before or after our set, we were either tearing down or setting up, but Gob was finishing up their set on the stage opposite us. And I was watching them and I was a high school, uh, with Leah, their, their oh, yeah. bass player. Yeah. It was another sweetheart. Yeah. Wonderful. Person. Love her to death. Um, so I was watching him going, Oh, Leah's cool. That band's fucking awesome. You know, um, digging them. They finished their set and they're doing this crazy, uh, rock and roll ending. And the, the they're smashing their shit kind of thing. <laughs> and I remember the drummer stood up with his snare drum to kind of throw it to the crowd or, or to the front of the stage just as the singer turned into it and he hit him in the face with his <laughs> oh, snare drum damn. and blood just went everywhere. Oh my and it was God. the greatest thing <laughs> I'd ever <laughs> seen on the stage. Beautiful. Wow. Oh I was God. like, it was so badass. We're like, how do we follow that? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's cool. So God was badass. And I was remembering that when, uh, Listening to that track, I was like, wow, man, they were intense. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Dude, it was noisy. And they're still and around? The people Some of the people are. Yeah. Leah was here with somebody. She yeah, was Leah was in Cyril. Alphabet Cult. Yeah, oh, she was okay. in Alphabet oh, yeah. Cult. Leah's and Darren Barnes do. does all kinds of stuff around town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He was uh, he's, uh, in that band. Uh, yeah. So, Gob, if you're listening to this, yes. reunite. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yes. That would Union be wonderful. Show. Come back. Come on the podcast. Tell us all about that song. That tape segment, I'm going to try to do that once a month. And I'll try to reach out and do more research before. But, I mean, that's. It's going to be fun. So thanks a lot. Chewy, if, oh, yeah. Even if you wing it, we get to hear a song. So I like yeah. it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, but I don't want to like say something about a band or anything about the recording that is wrong. So I'll try to find more information from now on or whatever I can get. Because well, a lot of the that. shit I got is just recorded onto a ghetto blaster at a repair shop. And now it's this 30-year-old punk tape that's been dubbed down 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Take a chance. It's it's that old. I mean, maybe maybe he hit his other guitar player. Yeah. With a snare in the face, and I thought it was the singer. Yeah, yeah exactly. I might not be 100% yeah. correct. That would be cool to know. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get them in yeah. there and ask them. <laughs> I'm sure they remember it. You can hit us up on I Facebook so. to tell us if we yes. need to issue any corrections. Yeah, any corrections department. Yes, yep. yes. Somebody got hit in the face with a snare drum, and it was awesome. <laughs> at a skate jam at the, at the fairgrounds. As they should. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> right on. All righty. Very, very cool stuff. Well, thanks for uh, hanging out with us today, you guys. Oh, yeah. Um, where, where do you guys have all your music and stuff? Do you have like any place we can find recordings? And I know you got a record coming out. Where could we yeah, look for it? Yeah, it's it's all it's in all the digital yeah. formats: Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, okay. all that stuff. Um, we have CDs. Um, I would I've uh, I got to get around to pressing vinyl, um, but I want to do that with the full length. You know what I mean? So yeah. that'll probably be our next uh, record. We'll we'll do that for. Um, but yeah, so you can find it Google digitally. Irreplaceable beings out uh, there. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're not on Spotify or whatever, and you want to listen to it for free, it's on Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, on voted best records, which is Chris Fox, oh, fuck yeah. uh, his hey. label. Speaking of, were you at the show? I was not, oh, um, was and so I should have been. It was, it was so good. Were you there? there? Uh, no, but oh. for Reno, yeah, it was. I guess it was a big night. Um. Yeah, sounds like yeah. a lot of people were yeah. there. Boss's daughter album release party, and it was, um, yeah, it was. And those those guys was crazy. Like, uh, they deserve all of all everything sure. they get. Hard working I mean, ass, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Great. inspiration yeah. to 
it's all bands that are you know struggling to to make yep. it. I mean, nobody works harder than those guys. They'll make you yeah. feel lazy if you know yeah. them. if you know them. You feel yeah. lazy. Yeah, but there, you know, um, SBAM looks like a legit uh, label, and hopefully, things good things will happen. Yeah, yeah I saw they like were it. releasing a live No Effects album, which has got to be a dream for Chris to be on the same label with No Effects. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um, they do also do festivals and stuff in Europe. Okay. So mm. I mean, if if I mean, I don't know. Chris can answer those questions better than I can, but hopefully they'll start pushing Boss's Daughter. Yeah. Good things will You come. could just listen to a couple episodes ago when they were on yeah. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Covered yeah. on a previous podcast. Yeah. Well, and during that show, they talked about Pierre stuff, too, so it's yep. fair. It's fair. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yep. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, I think everybody roots for that band. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and if... If it ever pops for them, we'll all be going, fucking they deserve it. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know what I mean? Those are my homies, man. Absolutely. <laughs> you know pick those them. guys? Those are my yeah. friends. I mean, <laughs> if you haven't already, pick up the new record because it's really fucking yeah. awesome. Talented guys, smart guys. And then also before we go out, I have to uh, shout out to Spike McGuire. Hell and yeah. his shout out to us in the Reno News and Review. Um, I really believe that that was just so you know that we that you listen. Because <laughs> you totally shouted out Words Little Podcast. Yeah. Uh, and Nick Ramirez. Yeah, he did, man. Thank you, Spike. He said that um, the question was, what song is always, what lyrics are always in your head? And he said, if I was to tell you that I was an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I was like, fuck, man. And I, I think that was his test I teared to see up, if... dude. It made me yeah. really, really feel the love, you know? Yeah. It was well, nice. that's, a, that's another awesome song. So, yes, Spike, we read your article, and we know you listen to our podcast. So, hi. We love you. Right on. Heck yeah. Sorry, and you guys got a show coming up uh, St. Patrick's Day at the Matador with some other rad bands. So, we'll look for that, too. Very cool. All right. We got anything else? Well, we want to hear about what this last song is. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What's this last song we're going to hear, and then I'll close this out. Okay. So, last song is called Creepy Boyfriend. Um, It's pretty – what's what's interesting about this is – it was written about um, a dude that was dating a friend of mine, and and he would like creepily hit on my girlfriend. In uh, when we'd see them at a bar or a party or something like that, but he was the kind of guy that they they do it in a subtle way, so you don't think you know what they're yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. Low, but low key every guy knows exactly what he's doing because <laughs> yeah. we're guys, and so I you know I kind of called him out and I was like, dude. You know, it's and it was awkward for me because his, you know, I knew his girlfriend, like she was friends of mine. So it's, so it's not so much a song for the guy; it's it's for the girl saying, "Keep your creepy boyfriend away from my girlfriend," because <laughs> I knew her. Yeah, <laughs> you know, kind of like, um, although I did have the, you know, you know, conversation with the dude too. But you know, it's just. You've seen these guys, right? And oh, sure. Every guy knows the kind of guy that I'm talking about. You know what I mean? They're just trying to be smooth and subtle, but you know exactly what they're doing. You're just like, <laughs> the first time you don't say anything. The second time you and your girl talk about it. Yeah, it was weird, right? And then the third time you're like, bro, all right. Like, it's fucking <laughs> enough. Back. You know, we get it. And, yeah. Uh, and I was just Boundaries. pissed off and I wrote the song and I, it didn't start off as a fast punk song. Um, it was it was more, you know, 160 beat 170 beat per minute song, just kind of rock. But I realized that it was kind of a fuck you song. And mm-hmm. I thought it'd be way better to dig into my punk rock roots and, and mm-hmm. write something fast and aggressive. And yeah. 
fun. It's still melodic and fun. I mean, I think you, when you feel it's angst cool. as an older fella, you got to grab that shit and yeah, write about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, I don't even have any hard feelings towards the dude. I get what he's doing. Yeah. I just, it's part just of life. I'm just like, dude, knock it off, bro. Yeah. Like, that's it. But, mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. Do you I, still see him? That's it. No, um, but it's a small town. Will he right, listen to right. this podcast? <laughs> Does he know the songs about him? I don't know if he. Well, he, so many questions. Okay. Is he credited on the album? Well, in, okay. So, in the middle of the song, there's a, there's a vignette, um, and what the guy says is verbatim what he said to my girlfriend. Ooh. He probably doesn't so, remember that, unless that's what he always says. There's a chance, yeah. (laughs) If it's his favorite line, he'll probably remember it. I don't know. I don't really give a shit. Like I said, I have no ill feelings towards the dude. It's just, just don't want him around your girl. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. Dog's gonna dog. Some people are like that. (laughs) All right. Well, you guys, uh, the worst little podcast is brought to you by Lord Strice, the Reverend Roy Dow, Dogwater Dick, Josh Chewy Martin, Cadillac Kim. Ian Laughlin, Anna Mouse Hammond, and me, Nick Ramirez. Our theme song is by Aversion Therapy. And special thanks to our Patreon members. And you can join the Patreon club at patreon.com. Worst little podcast. That's .com, not .com. Five <laughs> bucks or more gives you the exclusive bonus show. And uh, life is short. Thanks for listening. On the worst little podcast, we're talking out of our ass.
boyfriend. Hey, sweet love, you look really beautiful tonight. Take your creepy boyfriend away from my girlfriend.